What is going on, boys and girls, and welcome back to the Against the Current podcast. My name is Rudy Garcia, and I am so happy that you're here. Uh, today's going to be a solo episode. Today's just going to be just me, yours truly. We're going to um, see how this goes and try to go take it back old school. Um, if you haven't yet, go ahead to and check out. If you haven't yet, go ahead and check out RudyGarciaBooks.com. Yeah? Because I talk perfectly fine when I'm not recording a podcast episode. But as soon as I hit this record button, I forget how to use words. Go to RudyGarciaBooks.com so you can go ahead and order your very own copy of Forged by Fire, the next great fantasy adventure. And join the thousands of people already enjoying it. Um, I don't know if you heard, but we hit top five in the free category for Kindle. So there's a couple people that are enjoying it. So be among them. Um, Also, if you haven't already, you can go ahead and check out and actually become a sponsor of this podcast by checking out listener support. There's a link in the description of this episode to support and become a sponsor of the podcast to help us level up this show, take it to the next level. So without further ado, let's get into it. Um, life has been very interesting recently. I wanted to get on here and, and kind of just share some of my thoughts about being a dad. Uh, I became a dad about almost two months ago. The experience has been wild. Um, we kind of went through some hardship really early on, uh, me and and my wife. But you know, we got over it. We got through it, and and you know, thank you know, thank God and the people in our lives around us. They were there to to help us and to lift us up and to push us forward. Um, but the baby's fine, and you know, the baby's more than fine. And it's been really interesting being in a place of willingly self-sacrificing for another creature. And, and you, 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 you know, you talk about that, you know, as a husband to a wife, you have to be willing to self, you know, sacrifice yourself and your wants and your desires. Um, you know, like the Bible says, be willing to die, to, you know, to, to, to give your life for your wife and, and that whole conversation. But in a day-to-day basis, that's kind of easy in a sense. Like for me, with my wife, it was easy. It was easy to kind of like just, you know, give up certain things of myself and sacrifice certain things. But with a baby, one of the most important things you're sacrificing is sleep. And unfortunately, I came to learn that that is not easy for me to sacrifice my sleep and it's been a real test of patience and love and endurance to every three hours have to, you know, if, you know, if, you know, if your wife and my wife's around, you know, she goes ahead and does it. But to help her out at night at two, three o'clock in the morning so, she, so that she can sleep, so that she can get the sleeps, so that she can sleep, I wake up and I feed the baby half asleep, dying to get back to bed, 
and I don't know, it's made me love the baby even more. I'm sitting there in the morning on the, at not the morning, like at two o'clock in the morning, sitting there on the bed or on the, on the rocking chair or something. I'm staring into this baby, drinking this milk, I'm staring into this baby's eyes, drinking this milk. And all I can think of is how much I love this baby and how much I do anything for it. And then all of a sudden my eyes drop, my head drops. I, you know, I fall asleep and I'm like, but you better hurry up and finish drinking this bottle because I need to go to sleep. It's it's interesting. Uh, the dichotomy that I find in my brain of uh, a constant back and forth of um, wanting alone time and never wanting to be apart from, from the baby and, and my wife is has been very interesting to me. Today I'm alone and... I find myself grateful to have a little bit of alone time, but also missing them. It's very interesting to me. But yeah, fatherhood is... It hasn't quite hit me yet all that much. It hasn't sunk in for real. Um, I think when he gets older and he's walking around and he's talking and he's, you know... Chasing us around the house and playing, it might it might sink in then for sure, but I can't wait. Can't wait for that. It's um. It's a, it's a completely new experience. Like time is going by slow and fast at the same time. Like the baby is still only two months, but like wow, it's been two months. You know what I mean? Time flew and it crawled at the same time. It's crazy. Just looking back and looking how far it's been, like, even when this episode, like, when this podcast started to now. And I know there's been a lot of time in between where, you know, not a lot of episodes have been posted. There's been a lot of, um, blank space between here and then, but... It's crazy. It's crazy how time has changed. You know, living in a little mobile home, single wide mobile home, just me and my wife recording this podcast in a room on one end of the of the house to now sitting in the dining room of my in-laws because we're living with them to save up money. Being real estate now, working as a real estate agent as opposed to a construction worker. Life changes. Life changes fast and you have to keep up with it. Um, That's crazy. One of the things that I realized was the change, not just in my life and where I'm at, but my change in my involvement in, in my theological path. I was in a different place back when this podcast started. Um, not a bad place, just different than where I'm at now. Um, I, I dove into scripture and into theology to kind of find the answer to one specific question. And what I found was there are a lot of errors and a lot of things that I was taught. 
about Scripture and God and the Bible and Jesus that were wrong and that needed molding and just like a mindset of thinking biblically about everything and like looking at life and Scripture through specific lenses because that's what they're meant to be. We're supposed to look at Scripture through the lens of Scripture is infallible. Scripture is right and I'm wrong and whatever I opinion, opinion that I have that isn't what Scripture says, then I'm wrong and I need to change my opinion. Looking for the truth that the Bible teaches, not the, the opinion that a denomination teaches. And just because one thing is true doesn't mean that everything else that associated with that is true. For example... I believe the Bible very clearly teaches that the gifts, the miraculous gifts of the Holy Spirit, speaking in tongues, prophesying, um, healings, I believe those gifts are alive and active today, without exception. But I also believe that there is to be order. I also don't believe that they're necessarily meant to be normative in every church. I also don't think God always wants to heal. I don't think it's always his purpose to physically heal you right now. I also don't think that every Christian needs to speak in tongues. I just think they're still active. I think the Bible still the Bible teaches that they're still active. I don't necessarily believe that now we're all supposed to do it. I'll put it to you this way. I would much rather and I feel much more comfortable holding hands. Holding hands. With Baptists than I do with most modern Pentecostals or people that, or continuationists. Because Baptists, at the very least, care about the spreading of the gospel and the glory of God. As where Pentecostals do, it's not their main focus. They're focused on healings. And miracles. And speaking in tongues. Some of them go even go into the camp of prosperity. And, and that conversation. That seeking of knowledge that I went down on. Opened up to something much bigger. And someone... That I pray God gives me the opportunity to have on the show. Um, he's a pastor on YouTube. His name is Mike Winger. I think anybody that's listening to the show or anybody that is curious about God, theology, apologetics, thinking biblically about everything, you should really check out Mike Winger on YouTube. He's been a real blessing in my life. Um this path of not only self-discovery, but discovering biblical truth has been way deeper than I expected when I first jumped on it. See, because it's not just about continuationism or cessationism. You know, there's important issues. Calvinism, non-Calvinism, Arminianism. 
modalism, different heresies, progressivism, progressive Christianity, traditional Christianity, Catholicism, Protestantism, infant baptisms, getting rebaptized, tattoos, alcohol, how one should act, what is the role of a husband, what's the role of a wife, what's the role of a man, what's the role of a woman in, in specific contexts, what is the context of the book of Proverbs as opposed to the context of the book of Psalms, and what is the book of Mark trying to teach that the book of John isn't, and what is the book of John trying to teach that the book of Matthew isn't. But Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all tell the same story, but not really. They're all teaching something different. Namely, for example, the book of Mark is trying to show you the deity of Christ without Christ telling you, I am God. All the miracles in the book of Mark that Mark records that Jesus did it doesn't mean they're all the miracles Jesus ever did. It's just the miracles that Mark recorded are miracles that to the Jewish audience only God can do. Namely, for one, for example, control the weather. Forgive sins. And the question, and there's this and there's this one question in the book of Mark that was asked over and over again, who is this? That even the winds and the waves obey him. Who is this to say that he can forgive sins? Only God can. And there is this great mystery that Jesus never outright, towards the end he did, because it was time for it to be open, for that mystery to be revealed. But, in his ministry, he never once said, I am God, or, at least in the book of Mark, or never allowed that he did certain things, and he, did, and he, and he would tell the people he, did, he performed the miracle to, to not talk. Don't say things yet, because it wasn't time. And they, of course, did. And he had to find himself fleeing from the crowd. That's also a thing. Jesus regularly fled from the crowd. Because he didn't care about the size of the crowd. He cared about his mission. To die on the cross. To bring the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven. And die on the cross. To save us from our sins. To save us from the condemnation that our sins bring. That's all in the book of Mark. And there's something else completely different in the book of John. And it's talking about the same person. It's talking about Jesus, but John's teaching something else entirely, and so is Matthew, and so is Luke. You, you don't learn that. Most popular Christian pastors that we all know and love, they all they care about is to preach to you about you and how God is for you. Yes, there's a Bible verse that says God is for you. He will never leave you or forsake you. That's talking about God's faithfulness, not about you. 
That shouldn't make you feel good because you're all so good. That should make you realize that even though you are a, we are a wretched, wretched sinners, God is there for you. And he's been there for you. And he died on the cross for you. And he'll never leave you or forsake you to the darkness of sin. And he's there with you and he stands by your side. We've, we've come to a place where Christianity is about us and what God can do for us. Instead of us just simply worshiping God because he's God and he's worthy of it. I also have come to the realization that the book of Judas is a thing. Or Jude. Hold on. I want to get this right. Let me look in book of... Come on. I want to make sure I'm not saying some dumb name. Book of Jude. Yeah, it's the book of Jude, not Judas. I apologize. Book of Jude, like the Jude starts off his book by saying, paraphrasing, by saying, I wish that I can talk to you about like what Christ did and, and the, the gospel and spreading the gospel. But the Holy Spirit has put it in my heart to talk to you about defending the faith. So yes, us Christians, we have a responsibility to at the same time as we're preaching the truth of Christ. Preaching the faith, the faith that the apostles taught, which is the truth of Christ, we have a responsibility to defend the faith and speak up and out against false teachers and false prophets and their false teachings. Of course, not from a place of hate, from a place of love and praying that God opens their eyes and they're able to see the light and come to the truth. But nonetheless, Warning other fellow Christians against their false teachings. Some people say, oh, it's more important just to teach them the truth so that whenever they hear something that isn't the truth, they'll know. And there's an aspect of that that I understand. Yes, teach the truth. So that when a fake dollar bill passes by your hands, you can feel it because you've touched other dollar bills, real dollar bills enough that when a fake one comes through your hands, you don't need to know what a fake one looks like. You'll know how you feel, how it feels, because you've handled real ones for so long. You've handled the truthful so long. When you hear a fake, you know it. But also, the very best lies are the ones that come hidden within the truth. And these false pastors and false preachers, the ones you love so much, have hidden their lies and their false teachings inside of the truth and inside of a vernacular and a vocabulary that sounds true and it sounds good and they're fooling you. Many believers are being fooled. On the flip side, there's some people that aren't false teachers. They just don't agree with you in your opinion. Calvinist. Someone that isn't Calvinist isn't a false teacher. They're just not Calvinist. Anyone else that isn't Calvinist. A Calvinist isn't a false teacher. They're just Calvinist. I think they're wrong. 
But they're still a brother in Christ or sister in Christ. There's a sense of a unity within the body of Christ that we need to uphold and fight for. But notice that I said a unity within the body of Christ. Anybody that teaches a faith contrary to the faith that the apostles teach in the Bible, the faith taught to them by Christ, anything contrary to that faith, they're not part of the body of Christ and we must be separate from them. We must separate ourselves from them. Not in a hateful way, of course, but in a protective way against ourselves, praying for them so that God shows us the light so that they can come back. I'm not going to let a wolf in my sheep's pen. If I'm a rancher, if I'm a, if I'm a farmer, and I have a pen of sheep, right? But out in the distance, I see a wolf. And I feel so bad for the wolf because it's alone and they're cold. And that pack of wolves is there alone and cold. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to let them come over here and come inside the sheep's pen because it's warmer here. I'm out of my mind. Out of my mind. Yes, the wolf may be alone and cold, but that wolf is not going to eat my sheep. I'm going to separate my sheep from the wolf. I'm going to separate myself from the wolf. The only difference is that in this case, it's a human, and we have to love them. Right? And we do it in a loving way, praying for them so that, like I said, the Lord opens their eyes, opens their understanding, shows them the truth, and they come back to the truth. I've had some very interesting conversations recently. Very, very interesting. And to my surprise, I've been able to keep my losing of friends to a minimum, very minimum. Thank the Lord. I know I have Calvin's friends and Baptist friends out there that you might be listening to this now and you might disagree with me. And this isn't the episode that I'm going to go into the specifics of what I think is wrong about Calvinism or Baptists and, and you know, their opinion on cessationism and things like that. This isn't going to be that episode. Maybe one comes later. This is the episode where I urge Christians, really actual Christians... That love Christ. This is where I urge you to seek unity with the body of Christ. And lovingly and wisely separate yourselves from the wolves. From the false teachers and the false prophets. Not doing it in a way where, where your thinking and your viewing yourself is better than but in a place of understanding that this is the truth and that isn't. And you're going to call it out. 
This is the episode where I call out to Christians that the Bible urges you and tells you that the only way people are going to know the love of Christ is how we love each other. Christians love each other. Encourage one another. Lift each other up. Let's be a community of people that are all seeking after God. The most beautiful thing about the Trinity, Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, the three persons that make up the one being that is God, is that all three submit to one another and they love each other. They are in perfect unity. An example to us, the church, of how to be. The Father is not the Son. The Son is not the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is not the Father. But all those three persons make up one being that is God. And each three person is distinct and unique. And all three of them submit to one another. And they love each other. And they're all in, a, in accordance. After one goal. That is how we are to be. All in agreement in one goal. The salvation of the lost. Preaching the truth. Preaching the faith that Christ taught. Studying the Bible and, and, and looking for the truth and debating and discussing. And, and, and sharpening each other as iron sharpens iron each of one of us chipping away from each other the falsehoods and the misconceptions and diving deeper and sharpening our blade till we get to the point that is the truth of the Bible, the truth that the Bible speaks and teaches, understanding that we aren't called or meant to understand everything in the Bible 100%. There's certain things we're not going to understand and that's okay. And there's certain things we're not going to agree on, and that's okay. As long as the point, the point, the point of that blade that we're sharpening is the same. The rest of the blade can be different. As long as we understand that there is only one mediator between God and man, that Jesus Christ died on the cross in propitiation for us. And he is the that, that was the only acceptable sacrifice because we were all imperfect. We are all imperfect. We're all not just imperfect, but we're sinners. In need of a savior. We were all sinners destined to hell. Because we've all sinned and fallen fallen short of the glory of God. Because it doesn't matter how good you think you are, you take your standard of good and you compare it to God's standard and there's no comparison. God's standard is way higher. His ways are higher than our ways. So it doesn't matter how good you think you are, you've missed the mark. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. 
And we needed Jesus, the sacrifice, to wash us clean and to put us in right standing with God again. So that we're able to seek Him and want Him and be in right relationship with God. Understanding that our God is a triune God, that Jesus is deity, is God, the Holy Spirit is God, and God the Father, of course, is God. Understanding that as much as God calls us to love, and as much as the Bible teaches, and it is true that God is love, He is love, He is also justice, He's also righteousness, He is a holy and righteous God. That deserves respect and honor. Understanding these things, the rest of the blade can be a little different. We're called to be united. The Church of Christ is at its most effective when it's united. There's an argument to say that the Church of Christ is at its most effective when it's under persecution as well. But again, that's not, this is not the episode for that. This is the episode where I come on here and I say, and I encourage any Christian that's listening to this, send it to another Christian that you know. Strive. Strive for the unity that the body of Christ is supposed to have. Allow yourself to be humbled and taught and directed. You don't know everything about the Bible. You're not right. Your opinion isn't correct. The Bible has the truth. Go into every conversation and every discussion and any debate with another Christian conversation you have with the mindset of it is possible that I'm wrong and let me learn it is more than possible that I'm wrong and let me learn put your ego aside and seek unity God bless you guys